I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 88, how do I get my son to give up pot? All right, so some people might be feeling a little bit of the pressure. School's in full swing now. Yep, yep. No, we are hopefully feeling settled into these routines. You know, it's never easy, but it's always, you know, it's always nice when they do really take hold. Yeah. There's always, for parents who might be feeling it, sometimes some unexpected little things thrown your way that you're trying to navigate. One of these um, letter we got stood out about drug use, um, pot use. Uh, I want to read it to you. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa and Rena, Last fall, my 15-year-old son was put on probation for smoking pot in his high school bathroom. He seemed to take the consequences seriously. His school does random drug testing, so he knows that if he tested positive, he would be kicked out of school. He recently passed a random drug test to my great relief. Then last night, I caught him smoking in his bedroom. I feel as though I've tried every method to reach him and express the risks of this path that he's starting on. I've talked to him about brain cells. I've talked to him about being an example for his younger brother. I've talked to him about his amazing personality that most kids would kill for. I ask him about his stress and anxiety, and if this is the cause of his experimentation. I don't want to scream at him, because I know it does nothing. But what can I do to reach him? Oh my gosh, I love this letter on so many levels, but bottom line, Lisa, how does this parent deal with this? That's a tough one. I mean, there's a lot to worry about here. And what's also clear from the letter, the parents already tried a lot of things. And, you know, asking them questions about, you know, is this about stress, anxiety? Like, where is this coming from? 
And the kid's already gotten in trouble for it. Like, he, he doesn't really have room to work if he wants to stay at his school. And, and I think let's rest for a minute on the school's role in this, which I have no problem with. I think it sounds like they've handled it quite, from what she's, you know, is in the letter, quite You mean quite about testing? Yeah, so there's a couple things that's happened. So one is the guy was smoking marijuana in the bathroom at school, which is an interesting choice to make, right, to be smoking weed in the middle of the day at school. And they caught him and they put him on probation. And so part of what I hear already in that is that this is a school where they're trying to take a more um, restorative approach, you know, clinical approach, like, okay, you shouldn't have done this, but we're not going to kick you out cold. A lot of schools, you know, certainly private schools can do this, would just kick a kid out cold on something like that, wow. if, you know, could do that. So they haven't done that. But it's also really interesting that the school engages in random drug testing because that is not something that all schools do or can do. And the way I know schools tend to do that, if they do that, is through hair samples. Oh, really? Because it's not like you're going to ask kids to pee in cups at school, Uh. right? So hair samples can be taken randomly that allow whoever takes them, to get a very clear sense of, you know, what what use has been in place, you know, what's been used. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of schools doing this. And, I, and I'm sure for some people it feels really intrusive or weird. But what I like about when schools can set this up, and I know some schools in my area who do this, is that it gets back to actually something we were talking about in the last episode around, like, being able to blame your good behavior on adults. Mm-hmm. It is such a gift for a school to give a kid. So if a kid's at a party and someone's like, you want to smoke some weed? And they'd be like, I totally would. But here's the thing. My school does random drug testing. And so I can't, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because at any moment I could get caught. And that's a real present to the teenagers in that school. Because Mm -hmm. then they, again, they save face. Wow. And they have this sort of universal way to be like, I don't know if they're going to test me or not, but I can't take my chances. I'm on the school soccer team. I've got grades. And people can understand, like, I just can't, I can't go there. I've got too much on the line. Absolutely. So I just want to unpack that a bit because it's a really important aspect of caring for teenagers is whether we're going to have policies like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, Rena, you just said something that I'm interested in thinking down that road about, like, kids being invested in things and so not using as a reason in the name of protecting those things Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. you said like my grades my soccer so one way this parent might approach this boy is really from the standpoint of what does he want for himself like what are his own ambitions whether they be academic or athletic or artistic or you know what does he care about and i'd want the parent to dig into that a little bit like are there things he's really caring about? Because another way to try to talk kids out of messing around with substances is to point out to them how substance use will undermine their performance in things. Like separate from the legal or the moral, it undermines performance. How do you explain that to them? It's tough. I mean, the first pass at it is to say, look, you want, you know, I know you have ideas about where you want to go to college that require certain grades, like you're going to, it's going to be harder for you to get those grades if your mind's all fuzzy from, you know, smoking pot, or you know full well that you're not actually as capable on the soccer field if you, you know, if your sleep was disrupted by smoking marijuana, which often marijuana can be quite disruptive to sleep. 
Um, so making that case, so it's not about the parent like do it for me or do it because I say or do it because, you know, it's not legal. Um, do it because, you know, and by do it, I mean like stop smoking weed because there are things you care about and the weed's going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's our first pass at it. What is tricky, and I think it's not always comfortable for adults to grapple with this, is that the teenager may either think, they will certainly almost think it, and may well say, yeah, okay, but the kid who's getting the best grades at school, that kid's smoking plenty of weed, Mm -hmm. right? Or the, you know, the star athlete I know full well on the weekends is getting high or drinking. So when we say to kids, you know, you have things you care about, you don't want to mess those up, part of what we sometimes come up against is they're like, yeah, but I'm working with a different data set than you are, and it's not clear to me that what I'm doing is actually going to get in the way of my performance. I want to go back for a second. Why do you, I mean, I know you you don't know the circumstances, but what makes a kid smoke pot in the bathroom? Like in this letter, the mom at the school, this letter, the mom said, like, I asked about anxiety and stress and like, why, I guess, is, is the question I have. Yeah, well, it's a great question. And I will tell you, you're flagging something that I also had like a whoa about. So Mm -hmm. I know the kids use marijuana at school and often what they're doing is they're using vape pens. They're using um, dab pens as they call them. So it's, you know, no kid today, unless they really want to get caught, is smoking a joint, you know, anywhere basically. I mean like because they smell, they're messy. exactly. So it's very easy for kids to use marijuana in a stealth way, either through edibles ah, or through vape pens, you know, it. that are pretty easy to hide and don't really, you know, they may or may not be any smell at all. So one question, I, I don't know the answer, but I think you're asking a really important question of like, why does this kid need to be high during the school day? And so what it makes me think is, does this kid really want to be at the school? And especially given that he's now smoking marijuana again, knowing full well he's on probation and knowing full well that his school does random drug testing, I think another angle this parent may have on this is saying, buddy, you're doing a really good imitation of somebody who doesn't want to be at that school. Like, should we talk about that? Because he really is pushing it in terms of his ability to stay at the school. And so maybe the explanation for why he's getting high in the middle of the day and the explanation for why he's, you know, really rolling the dice on whether he can stay, maybe those are both explained by him not wanting to be there at all and being miserable during the school day and so getting high to get through it and then being so miserable that he's like, kick me out, please, right? Like, I don't want to do anything really naughty or really destructive to other people. Yeah, I'll just keep smoking weed till you you know, show me the door, right? So I think that's a conversation worth having. Mm. Interesting, because the mom says, this kid's got a great personality, like that kids would kill for. So it's not like this is some wilting flower who doesn't have much going for him, right? Well, we don't really know, right? Because that's the other thing. Like, it may be that in some settings, he's, you know, able to really be this awesome kid that he is, but maybe he gets to school and things aren't okay. You know, it's it's like, I think um, there's so many variables in this that would be important to unpack. But I would I would definitely, I think if we kind of think of like, you know, almost like 
these are balls coming across the plate. Like, what are the swings we have available to us? So one is, you know, do you care about stuff? You know, this is going to get in the way of the stuff you care about. Another is, do you really not, do you not want to be at the school? And are you trying to make that happen? Um, but I think there's a few more. I think mm. there's a few more. Mm. We're going to pause, Lisa, take a quick break. And I want to ask you on the other side of this, what else this mom can do here to try and, and help her son? You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it. And they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. We're talking about drug use and what else a mom can do for a son who keeps smoking pot. So, you know, the mom said she's tried everything. She doesn't want to be the yelling mom. She's tried to get him to understand and and rationalize with him and say you should be a great example for the younger brother. But 
it just seems like this mom is doing everything in her power to get it right. Is there anything else that you could help her strategy-wise with? Well, there's something else in the letter, and I'll tell you it was the thing that actually was the biggest red flag for me in this letter was that he's smoking alone in his room. Mm. Um, it's a really different profile, Rena, and you'll instantly see this. Kids drinking or smoking with their friends on the weekends versus kids drinking or smoking alone at any point. What does alone mean to you when you hear that about substance abuse? It means there's something bigger going on. Like that it's, you know, that there's a fair, it's not unusual. And it never has been unusual, Rena, right? I mean, we were teenagers too. Yeah, of course. That when kids get together on the weekends, they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. sure, we'll do it. You know, and and not like, I'm not saying like, that's fine. That's a sign of great health. But like, it's not nearly as concerning because it feels like it's driven by, you know, a wish for belonging. It's maybe driven by a sense of like enjoying one's friends and like being a bit naughty together, right? Like, there's a lot in there that I'm like, yeah, that's sort of adolescence. Like, it's scary to grownups, but it's not outside the normal range of what we expect to see in teenagers. When I hear about a teenager who's using on their own time, and it's not in a social context, what I think is, ah, that kid's in pain. Like, that kid's in pain wow. about something, and they are using the substances to manage it. Oh, interesting. So I think another pass on this might be to say, you know, buddy, you got to be in pain about something if you're in your room smoking weed alone, right? Like, that is concerning. Um, I'm going to get you evaluated. I want you to talk to somebody. And then what I would have this parent do is check in with their pediatrician or their resources in the community and find the clinician. And there's usually hopefully one or two in the community, if not more, who's very good at evaluating substance abuse concerns in adolescence. Mm. That, so that's that a specialized thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. That specialty matters, finding that particular person. Absolutely. And so I would say you need to talk to this person. Like I need you to, I need you to have an evaluation with this person, and hopefully they've got a good person they can find. And I've got my people <laughs> in town yeah. where I will refer out. And what I like about these people, they do a few things. One is they're good at getting kids to talk about their use in honest ways. They they have you know, it's no surprise. People of all ages, when they are being asked about their substance use, if it's a problem, they're not usually all that honest, right? It's 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 a, not a place where they're like, I'm so glad you're asking. Let me tell you the whole story. So they are very skilled as interviewers in terms of going about the situation in a way that they can usually get pretty decent information. And what they can do is they can start to tease apart, is this about an underlying depression? Is this about an underlying anxiety disorder? Is this about a past trauma? Is this about mm. something else? And then what they can be very good at is thinking about order of treatment, Right? Would it help to get this kid into psychotherapy? And if they got help around the mood or anxiety or any other diagnosis, would that then reduce the necessity of using? Or does this kid actually need to be in a program where the use goes away, right? Like where he, like they have to go cold turkey because we can't even begin to assess what's going on while they are still using, or they're not going to get better for whatever mood or anxiety or other diagnosis we're concerned about if the marijuana is still in the picture. So, you know, one of the things we hear over and over again, and one of the huge reasons you wanted to start this podcast was it's hard for people 
to find the right help sometimes, right? And being able to talk about these issues helps parents deal with it. But I'm thinking, I don't really want to go to the school psychologist. And my kid probably doesn't want that dealt with at school, even if it would be private. So what do you recommend if people might need this help? What's the best way to find resources to deal with this? Yeah, so definitely your pediatrician's a good place to start. Um, Sometimes parents can use their own general practitioner, right? So they might reach out to their own physician and say, who do you like for this in town? Because often they'll have a good sense. You could certainly look online in your community, you know, for substance substance abuse evaluation, you know, for adolescents. I would, that's how I would search it. Um, You could also feel something out. Like you could see if you could meet with the person first and get a feel for it. Um, So there may be ways to triangulate on this. Now, the other way, Rena, this conversation, I would not be shocked if it went this way, is if the parent said to this boy, you know, you're smoking alone in your room. I think you're really sad or I think, you know, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And the kid's like, yes, and this is how I self-medicate, right? Like that's often what adolescents will say about their own marijuana use is, no, this is me Mm self-medicating. And I have to tell you, Rena, like it bums me out so much that the term self-medication lends itself to the use of it being a good thing. You know what I mean? No, explain that. Well, I think when clinicians use the term self-medication, like this person has taken it upon themselves to reduce their anxiety by being high a lot, implicit in that is like, we don't think this is a good way to medicate. Like if you're going to medicate that anxiety, like don't use drugs to do it. Like right, you, right. we have, or we have other ways to treat it. But I have seen uh, in some teenagers taking that up as like, this is me taking care of myself. Ah. This is me addressing the problem. They think it's positive. Yeah. Like I'm self-medicating. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm handling it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, and unfortunately that word medication, you know, and I'm not blaming anyone in this. I'm just sort of like noticing the ways in which it can lend itself to that use of like, addressing the problem, medicating yes. the problem, taking care of the problem. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to think through is what does this mom do if the kid's like, yeah, I am bummed, and no, I don't want to leave my school, but I, you know, I, I just, I've been down, and this is me self-medicating. And they say it in that kind of like, so what's it to you <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> right. um, wow. And so then I think what we'd want is a parent to say, it really, really matters that you are in pain. And I acknowledging really, the pain is what you're saying. That's important to say, I get it. I see that you're in pain. I acknowledge it. Why, and why is that so important to say that? Because I think we can get stuck on the reaction to the pain. Totally. Like, you can't smoke weed, right? Totally. So yeah. I think you want to align. You want to say, like, okay, you must be in a lot of pain because, like, you are not the kind of kid who wants to get kicked out of school. Or you are, like, I know you. You're a great guy. You know, you've got this fabulous personality. Like, you've got to be in quite a bit of pain to be smoking marijuana in your room by yourself. Like, I hear that. And then, Rena, I think what we take it back to is coping, 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 which is marijuana does provide coping, right? If you get high or drunk, you will not feel as much pain. Like, we have to acknowledge that. But then I think what we need to make clear for teenagers is the goal here is to cope with our pain in a way that doesn't have downsides. And there's a lot of downsides to smoking marijuana. Hmm. And so with that in mind, what else can the mom do at this point? 
she may have to articulate the downsides again yeah. <laughs> to say it. Yeah. And I think part of it, I mean, this is so interesting to me, Rena. Like, teenagers are like, weed, alcohol, yeah. like, what's the difference? And they're not entirely wrong. Like, right. I mean, we've done studies on societal harms and, like, you know, they're, they're not altogether wrong. But they can see it as sort of a nothing burger. Like, eh, everybody smokes weed. Like, you know, you guys drink wine on the weekends. Like, what's the big deal? So I think to just say, like, let's just be clear. Like, you are coping with pain in a way that has neurological implications for your learning and your attention that um, could get you kicked out of school, that may be undermining, like, whatever it is you want for yourself in terms of, you know, performance on any front. And also, let's also remember, is not even legal, right? So. You know, you could really end up, you know, in a bad spot here. So this can't be how you cope with pain. There are too many costs. But let me put some options on the table for how you could cope with pain, right? We can get you a therapist. If you don't like that idea, we can, you know, you can put some other things on the table that would help you feel better. Like, is there something we can be doing differently at home? Is there a program you want to sign up for? Something you've been wanting to do that you think would help you feel better, right? Like, it's not about the pain. It's about how it's getting managed and finding a way to manage it that brings relief but doesn't cause harm to this mm-hmm. kid is, I think, the next goal. So finding relief that doesn't bring harm to this kid. Okay, that's really good. What else do you think parents need to know about being in this situation? Well, I could also see a kid who's like, eh, I'm not in that much pain. I just don't want to stop smoking weed. Really? Like, I just like it. Yeah. Oh, totally. I could okay. totally see a kid be like, I like it. And like, what are you going to do about it, right? And that's, I think, would be the hardest route in many ways. And I think that's where the parent has to make a decision about how bluntly aggressive they want to be in preventing this kid's ability to use. Mm. And they could say something like, you know what, I love you, and you're 15, and... I am sticking up for the 18-year-old version of you who's gonna, who I think really would have wanted me to throw down about this and really would have wanted me to get you off of this path. And so here's the deal. You can't smoke anymore, and we're going to start testing you weekly. Wow. You know, and families can do that. I mean, and yeah. they may need to call their pediatrician and figure out, you know, what that's going to look like, and that would probably involve urine sampling. Um but the family may say, "We're, you know, we're not, we're not budging on this. Like, there's too much at stake. It is too potentially costly. Like, I see right now, it doesn't feel like it's costing you a whole lot, and that may feel true for the kid. But um, you got one brain for the rest of your life, and we don't feel like we're doing our job as a parent mm-hmm. if we, um, if we knowingly allow you to continue. So, you, we're gonna start testing you once a week, and you can't use. And and I, that might be a place to start." So this might be an incredibly inappropriate question, but, you know, I think kids are looking and seeing marijuana legalized in many states across the country. How do you how do you come back to a kid who's like, look, I'm not doing Molly in my bedroom. It's just pot. That's exactly it's not inappropriate at all. That's exactly what kids will say. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not like and they'll often say, like, and I'm getting good grades. And I'm like, like, why are you making such a big deal of this, right? Yeah. Like, that that can be a position a kid will take. Well, I guess the way I felt it was inappropriate was, you know, is there ever a point where it's like, oh, they're just doing pot, it's okay for a teen? Oh, I can't say yes. Mm-hmm. I know this is a tough question. Yeah, but there are degrees of worry, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if you, like, stop me on the street, like, random person stops me on the street and is like, okay, Lisa, let me paint a picture. Here's a teenager who twice in high school or, you know, on alternate months, um, on the weekend with friends, occasionally smokes what they know to definitely be marijuana and, you know, they do it under incredibly safe circumstances, you know, is that okay? I'd be like, well, they're not going to burst into flames, right? Like, this is not going to likely derail their universe if nothing else is going on. Like, I mean, like, that is the honest answer. At the same time, we got to mention, the weed is different now than it's ever been. Um, That the concentration of what's available to kids is much, much higher than has ever been available in the past. And so I think it really then further clamps down on that question of, like, is any use okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because even if they know for sure that they're smoking marijuana, and of course, like, who knows what they're smoking, right? I mean, like, that's the other thing. It's not like they're getting this at their pharmacies, right? They don't really know what they're getting. So there's that's a whole other ball of wax, not even worth it to get into today. But like, let's just say they are smoking marijuana. The marijuana they're smoking is very, very powerful, very, very intense. And so we can reasonably extrapolate that whatever brain damage we know marijuana can cause it's not going to take as much marijuana as it used to mm, to get you there, mm. right? So that's a conversation to have. But you said the essential thing, you know, which is kids are watching legalization all around them, right. which makes it really hard for parents to be like, actually, this is a big deal. Like, this is a big deal. And so one way that a parent might kind of finesse that is to be like, I would not be okay with you drinking in your room. Mm. I would not be okay with you drinking at school. Like, this is about you being altered. This is about you using a substance to change your mood. Like, this is not okay, right? So that might be a way that the parent could say, look, legal schmiegel, like, you're using this in a way that's very worrisome to me. And I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So much to unpack on in this episode. And this was just a topic that went so many different directions that I, I, I didn't know things to discuss and, and think about. So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? I think that the overriding framing we want on this is that we are raising our young people to take good care of themselves. And we are handing over the work of caring for them. Like we used to care for them and then we increasingly expect that they will take good care of themselves. And when they aren't as teenagers, We really do need to wade in and get in their business. And so often in these interactions around, like, this letter and things like it, the kid's like, why are you in my business? Like, I am handling things. And one way a parent can address that is to say, look, I don't want to be in your business. Like, I want to stand back and watch you take incredible care of yourself. But if you're not doing that, I'm not doing my job if I let you not take good care of yourself. And the minute you are taking good care of yourself, I'm out. I don't want to be here. But you are sending me engraved invitations to be in your business when you are smoking marijuana in your bedroom. And I'm not going to turn down that invitation. Mm. So letting him know that this isn't a position you want to be in, you want to give him independence. And that might resonate. Hopefully, hopefully. But these are tricky ones, Mm. for sure. Mm. Glad you're here to help us think it through. In next week's episode, we're going to talk about how do you help kids that don't take initiative to get them to do things on their own. Wonderful. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week.
Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.